Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Ali Show. And today we have a special guest, Alexis Pritchard. Did I get your last name right? Very good. Yeah, that's good. the one. Um, <laughs> Alexis here, um, she's actually been mentioned before um, twice from uh, two of our previous guests would be David, which was the recent one, and even Tasman Benny as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Alex, can I call you Alex? Uh, call me Lex. Lex. Yeah. Lex, how are you today? I'm very good, actually. Just had my coffee, so feeling good. <laughs> you always need your uh, morning coffee to kind of bring you up a little bit. Eh? I just feel like now when I don't have my morning coffee, it just it's just weird. It's actually quite terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I started drinking coffee about five years ago when we moved into this gym. Really? Yeah, before that, I was just a tea person. Oh, and the tea. first time I drank, <laughs> the first time I drank a flat white, I was like running up and down the gym like a crazy person. Um, yeah. I think now it's just like a ritual. So yeah. how many? Okay, let's let's ask this question because when I was talking with um, David Nika as well, he was telling me like you know he's he's like quite a heavy coffee person. Are you a heavy coffee person? Nah. No. Do you have no, like no. a mix? One. What is the one a day? One a day. That's not enough. <laughs> it's probably not even. It's not even. It's like a tiny habit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. But uh, anyway, for those who don't know who you are, Alex, yeah. could you give us a, a brief intro about yourself? So I'm Lex. Um, my husband nicknamed me Lex. I was Alexis before that. Yeah. Um, and I have I'm recently retired from combat sport, from boxing. Boxed for 16 years. Started wow. when I was 19. I had no intention of being a fighter. It just kind of happened i fell in love with the sport i fell in love with how it made me feel and i just came back for more and more and more um and then i had my first fight and you know the rest is history i am a trained physiotherapist but i've left physiotherapy in the last year and mm. i'm a mental skills and performance coach now awesome. so i help people live more courageously fight more courageously um, do whatever they do more courageously so that they can really show up as their full selves and live into their potentials. Yeah. Mm, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You've, uh, you, you, you're like um, you're a person with many skills, many talents. Well, I think, you know, um, it's, it's an evolution. You're always picking up skills along your journey, and I think it's just figuring out that most of your skills are transferable. So the skills that I learned in the ring as an athlete have really transferred into life in terms of my public speaking career, mm. um, where I can get up and be courageous in front of an audience, you know, versus being courageous in, in a boxing ring. Um, or even talking to you. Like, some people don't like doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, right? I know. It makes and people like, nervous. You know, that's the thing, like, um, some of the guests that I've had, it's so weird, like, um, with... with they usually tell me like, you know, it just feels weird, you know, it feels, um, you know, I'm, I'm, li I'm a little bit worried about how I'm going to react. And I was like, you know, don't worry, trust me, five minutes, 10 minutes talking, you know, talking and you just forget yeah. that the camera's there, the light's yeah. there. You just keep going. Yeah. Um, I just want to um, dive a little bit into when you started boxing. So you said you started at 19 yes. years old. And how did that come about? Like what kind of setting? <laughs> Was it just with a couple of mates and jumping into the gym? Or? No, no, no. So I was playing hockey and I had volunteered. Oh, hockey now? Yeah. <laughs> I had volunteered to be the goalie that season. I was playing for a club here in Auckland called Western Districts. And um, it was a terrible season for us because I didn't know what I was doing in the goal. And I was, I was in a league that I really shouldn't have been in, like first time goalie in a Premier 2 league 
for hockey. Yeah. <laughs> we lost every game that season. I felt terrible. I felt like I'd let the team down and my self-esteem was pretty low. My self-confidence mm. was pretty low. And I just was like, oh, I want to do something fitness-wise. And there was a boy and he was talking about boxing and I was like, oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Um, <laughs> and so I went to a different gym that he was at. I looked in the yellow pages. Oh, back then, back yellow then, pages days. <laughs> and I went to a different gym and the gym said, oh, we're too busy to answer the phone, just coming down and try a class. Mm. And the first class I ever did was with Kahukura Benson, who, um, Commonwealth Games, boxer, hundreds of fights, really cool dude. And I was like, this is really cool. So first day, fell in love with it. Wow. And then just continued to come back day after where, day. Where was that gym at? Um, hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. It was just down the road here, oh. Boston Road. Okay. Yeah. Cam, my coach. Yeah. Um, slash husband. Yeah. Used to work and own that gym. I see. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was like nine or 16 years ago. Wow. And then I went on to have 143 fights after that. 143 fights. Yeah. And the one Olympic Games and two Commonwealth Games. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So you and not only, you've, you, I think, okay, you were you the first female to get a, medal at the commonwealth game no uh, what because I, I, read, what I, was, I read that somewhere you so know? i mean i was the first female to win a bout at an olympic games for new zealand because oh, yes. in 2012 london olympics was the first time women's boxing was ever in an olympic mm. game so i was part of the first 32 women wow. to compete in boxing it's written um, down in history it's in history it's pretty cool and then who so 2018 there were Three girls that medaled at the Commonwealth Games in Gold Coast. It was Tazzy Benny, mm. uh, Troy Garton, and me. Mm. Now, I think, I can't remember who actually received their medal first. It might have been Taz or might have been Troy. I don't think it was me. Okay, so one yeah. of the three. doesn't matter. <laughs> one of the three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, that's pretty impressive. How was it? How was it like uh, competing like at a big stage like that? You know, Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games, like. The Olympic Games was absolutely incredible. It twenty twelve that was twenty twelve in, in London. London, yeah. Um, I am a big game fighter. Like I was less nervous in front of mm. ten thousand people than I was down at the ABA <laughs> here in Auckland. You know? I I think it kind of I understand what it means and it makes sense when yeah. there's when there's more people and a little bit maybe like I wouldn't say further away but like. You don't see, you don't really focus in, zoom in on like a few yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, you don't know the people. You're mm. in a different country. You're just there to have fun. I think yeah. sometimes when I was fighting at home, I I got quite, I Pressure? got a little bit nervous. Mm. 
especially if my mom was coming to watch. Yeah, especially like this was one of the things that, um, you know, I talk uh, about with a lot of the athletes, you know, when you have a little bit of that pressure, family and friends who come to watch you. And a really funny one was like when Cam was saying, you want to make sure that the people who come to support you know that, you know, you've not wasted their time or money. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate because I think you start out thinking that. Like, yeah. especially as a younger athlete, mm. you you want to not disappoint people. That's right. um, you want them to be proud of you. You don't want to waste their time or mm. waste their money. But I think what ultimately what you realize after you've been in the game for a long time is that people are proud of you. Definitely. No matter what the outcome is. That's and it, they're there eh? to support you because they love and care about you that's and they it. really don't care about the outcome. Mm. Yes, they want you to win for you. Yeah. That's uh, it. They don't want you to win for them. Um, and so once you've realized that, I think that's when you can really let go of mm. that that pressure that pressure. you put upon yourself because mm. they don't put it upon you. So how did you, yeah. was that the way that you used to, uh, what was the way or methods you used to deal with those nerves? You know, like when you're fighting at the ABA, for example. So <laughs> it's a long journey, isn't it? Like you mm. try different things along the way. But what really helped me in the end was focusing on how I wanted to feel. So what did I want to bring to the ring? I wanted to be courageous. I wanted to act fearlessly and I wanted to have fun. Mm. So wow. courage, fearlessness and fun and just channeling that and feeling what it feels like in your body. Um, thinking of the fight as a challenge, um, something, I mean, you enjoy the thing, don't you? So therefore go and enjoy it. Because when you're enjoying things, it's just going to flow so much more beautifully, isn't it? Mm. Than when you are feeling pressure and feeling like you have to do something perfect because um, perfection is not going to help you. Mm. Yeah. It's about excellence. Uh, it's Ooh, about fun nicely and said, courage. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you have like a, a, a different, different kind of, um, do you kind of have a switch where you switch to a different person when you get into the ring? Yes. My switch took a bloody long time <laughs> to for me to figure it out yeah for me even to acknowledge that i could be two different people mm. um you know as a as a young girl growing up i think and i mean i think really all human beings are told mm. don't hit each other you know it's, it's bad <laughs> um yeah. and so to reconcile this idea that i am a combat athlete and I, i'm a fighter mm. and i am an everyday human being i'm a physiotherapist you know back then i was a health professional so i was helping people mm. but on the other hand this other person was hurting people and learning to enjoy it so those two personalities i really had to figure out how to live with both um and but on the bright side if you on the bright if side you, if you hurt them you can just fix them up exactly, later exactly <laughs> exactly so um it's about giving yourself permission mm. really to be this athlete and an athlete a fighting athlete needs to be assertive. They need to hit hard. They need to be relentless. And all those things that we need to do, we have to give ourselves permission to do that if we're not used to it. Mm. Um, and so when I learned how to do that and when I um, realized that I could be two different personas, it was just beautiful. It just that, that, you know, Boxer Lex was born. And so I used to refer to her as Boxer Lex and Lex. Um, it helped me separate the two. It helped me be pretty ruthless in the ring and enjoy it. Mm. Um, and then out of the ring, I was nice. 
Yeah. Which you are. Which yeah. I am. And also I think we have to realize that both of us are signing up. We get in the ring, there's like this unwritten contract that we're both going to like show up as best as we can and fight as hard as we can um, because that's the respect that we give each other as fighters. So me being half ass in the ring is, is not respectful, I think, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. And like you don't wanna, you know, you you've you don't you've trained hard, you've prepared yourself, and you wanna make sure that you know you've you didn't waste all that time. To when you get there, you do your best. You don't limit yourself to yeah. what other people mm. might think of mm. you, yeah. or even like sometimes when you start to think negatively or you start to put yourself down, you've got to tell yourself, hey, you know, stop talking to me like that. Like mm. telling yourself that in your head. You know, stop talking Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. Like Cut that out straight mm. away, you know. I think we're our harshest critics. Um, and we can be our harshest judges as well. Mm. Um, I think it's about learning how to be our biggest cheerleaders that are actually going to probably push us the furthest along. Um, it takes it takes time, it takes patience, it takes guidance as well. Mm. Like the mental side of fighting, the mental side of life is the hardest side. And, um, you know, we go to coaches to teach us how to fight, but very few of us go to coaches to teach us how to to think, um, how to explore and process things in our minds. And when we can actually learn those skills, we can really soar. Um, otherwise, we hold ourselves back. Yeah, and yeah. this this I think since we 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 uh, on this like it's you know it's very important that you find a a coach that actually helps you not only just like the boxing side of things but like how to think how to do how to bring yourself and mm. that's I feel like that is what is lacking today like there's a lot of trainers but there's not a lot of teachers yes. And I think sometimes as well, um, coaches are experts in in fighting, um, and not all coach coaches are experts in the mental side, or they they'll have the knowledge, but they might not know how to teach it. So go and find someone else that knows how to teach it, because mm. um, the more great people you have on your team, the better. Mm. Yeah, and this is just like um, you know, also a message that I wanna pass on to like people who are listening and watching as well. That if you if you find, uh, if you go the first gym that you go to, and if it's not you know if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to, don't stay longer than you need to leave, and don't be afraid to kind of explore other places, meet other people, and because. You know, I mean, there are going to be some people who are going to disagree with what I say. Mm. But I sometimes feel that you need to learn from a few different teachers for you not only to be able to better understand the sport, but better understand yourself to kind of see who you can get along well yeah. with and, you know, what kind of styles. Because different, that's the thing, different coaches have different styles, yeah. you know. And you want to find out, and some, not everybody is as open to developing you but they want to kind of groom you to be what they want, you know, themselves, mm, yeah. They what they want you to be, you know. And I think that's one of the things which is really important, especially in combat sports. Because, yeah. mm. you know, not everybody can kind of... Yeah, so the best coach in the country, for example, might not be the best coach for you. 
precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I think once you've, if you've, if the first gym that you walk into and you feel comfortable and confident and you feel like the coach cares about you um, and you feel like you're at home, stay there. That's what I did. I stayed, yeah. I stayed for 16, 16 years. 16 years. You know, I had the same coach the whole way through. However, I did have opportunities to be in training camps, um, you know, in New Zealand and overseas and have the opportunity to work with other coaches. Mm. And in those moments, I took what they said and they came at it from a different perspective. And mm. I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. So if you find your coach on the first go, awesome. Yeah. But if you don't find that coach on the first go, like, like you say, mm. it's okay to go somewhere else. It's okay to to explore other options. But I think you also need to make sure that you are not just exploring because your ego is hurt, mm. um, because you didn't like what they said. Um, you've got to make sure that your coach's intentions um, for you are the same as your intentions for yourself. That's yeah. right. Like, do they have your back? Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, I think that's, that's really important because, mm. you, you know, at the end of the day, you're going into a fight. Yeah. you're going to war yeah you are. Put it that way and like if you don't have the right tools and the right team the right people yeah. you're gonna get hurt yeah you know so and also sometimes your coach tells you things that you don't like to hear <laughs> um but they need to tell you that they need to so yeah. you know are they are they honest enough to even say those things yeah. to you and are you are you open enough to receive that kind of feedback? Mm. So I think this coach-athlete relationship is very important. Um, and you've got to make sure that your communication is open, that you're not leaving just because mm. you feel a bit hurt. Yeah, I think yeah. sensitivity <laughs> the sensitivity level has to kind of go down a little bit. You know, mm. you, you have to be open to criticism, yeah. have to be open to like... Um, stuff that you don't really yeah. want to hear sometimes, yeah. you know, but they're obviously they're, with everything, there is yeah. a limit to it. Totally, you know, totally. Obviously. And also like you were saying, like if you walk into a space and you don't feel comfortable, then you might be thinking, oh, maybe this place is not for me. And that's cool. Mm, like if you, right like you know, even the first time you walk into a space, like don't only think with your logical brain, think with your emotional side as well, um, your intuition, your gut. If you walk in and you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this not my kind of vibe yeah. then it's like okay to like backtrack out of there yeah talking about that like when i walked into this office here i was like man it's a beautiful office very nice <laughs> space and i was like you know you spend a lot of time decorating and and like what you said you know like when i walked in here you just feel comfortable like it feels you know it feels very relaxing yeah. you know it's it's i i really appreciate walking into for me I appreciate walking to a space that someone has put time and effort to like make it look good. Yeah. So this is my office, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do a lot of my mental skills coaching mm. in here with individuals and groups. And yes, I I wanted to make sure that it felt nice for me. So therefore felt nice for everyone to come and sit and chat because you got to open up, don't mm. you? You've got to feel comfortable in the space. And I remember going to like sports psychs over the years, a few different ones and I'd walk into their like space and it was very clinical and like I'd be sitting at the edge of my chair because I couldn't find my comfort in their space. Yeah, it's very rigid. It's very like rigid. Yeah. And so like my office feels like a home. I hope it does anyway. And it, it does. It looks, nice, definitely looks like it. Yeah. Comfy sofa. Yeah, you know, is. you can relax. You can just be you and you can therefore be more open. Yeah. Mm. So. I 
and like um you know the the one of the the stigma around like you know seeing someone or like um you know the the image that back in the day you used to have was like a very oh no i'm going to see somebody who's like real fierce or you know like he's good they're going to scrutinize you know everything single thing i say and like you know that was like the old kind of mm. if for someone who doesn't know who hasn't yeah. had an experience but yeah when i hope when people look at this and they see it you know uh, they kind of understand that it's not what it seem you know or they think it is no like you know mental skills coaching um there's a difference between like um clinical psychology mm. which is definitely not my scope mm. i i can't work in that scope i yeah. am not qualified but mental skills is for me anyway i want to work with people who want to elevate themselves who want to learn the tools to be more than they thought they could be because you know when we all think well not all i should say a lot of us think to a certain level mm. without realizing that we've put the ceiling there ourselves and that we can actually elevate if we change the way we thought a little bit and that could be like janet in the office who does accounting to a combat athlete who has to get in the ring or the octagon or wherever they're getting in and fighting. Um, we can put limits on ourselves and a lot of us do. And so it's like figuring out how do you overcome those limits? And that's what a mental skills coach can help you with. So talking about that, how did you decide to get into this line and do this work? Well, the lovely Dave Neath, as yeah. as you you know, you, you know he's actually, such an awesome dude, isn't he? I just have to uh, sorry, just yeah. sorry to interrupt. You know, I actually butchered his last name, right? So I <laughs> I asked him before they we did the podcast. Yeah. I was like, Dave, how do you um pronounce your last name? And he said Neath, and I kind of forgot about. He said like, because he did say, you know, some people do call him Neath, some people call him Neathy. Yeah. And he said Neath is like the correct one. And when I did the podcast, I just said Neathy, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and he was kind enough not to correct yeah, me. Yeah, no, and, he, Dave is so fantastic. Yeah. He was my mental skills coach in the last couple of years. Mm. Um, well, actually, not last maybe year and a bit. Um. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at The Ali Channel. We'll see you soon, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. So Dave and I were working together with me as, a, as an athlete, um, and then after the Commonwealth Games, we continued to work together, and he was the one that prompted and suggested that I had an aptitude for this kind of work, and I went off and did some extra study, and here I am. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. he helped guide me. And I think that's a really cool thing about your mentors and your coaches is that, you know, they can help you with the direction that you're going in. Yeah, I think you kind of um, you know when someone has, and I think that's what Dave is really good at. Like when you, obviously he's met and he's seen and stalked so many people. And when you meet certain individuals, you know, like, I wouldn't say instantly, but like, you know, after getting to know them for a while, you kind of know what they're really good at. Yeah. And like for yourself, you're really good at talking to people. 
And that's what I felt, you know, <laughs> yeah. like even the first time I met you um, was quite some time back when I popped into the gym and uh, you kind of gave me a fright. But anyway, <laughs> I, d- I was just I was just facing somewhere else and you just came right behind me. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, you even that first meeting that we had, like uh, it was just so easy to talk to you. And I guess that's uh man, if you do if you're a mental skills coach, that's one of the things you want to have. You want to be able to talk to people and yeah. you want people to feel comfortable mm. with you. Cause I mean they're gonna be telling you sometimes telling mm. you some hard stuff mm. and you want them to be able to feel comfortable um doing that. And also it's about like being interested. Like I was really interested in your journey. Like I <laughs> I learned so much about you, Ali, this morning. Like, oh man. You've lived, you've lived a life. <laughs> 20, a, 28 I'm, years I'm, and you've I'm lived not, a I'm, life. <laughs> you make it sound like I'm old. <laughs> Quite the story, but well, it's not about me anyway. Uh, <laughs> you should do a podcast on yourself. <laughs> Maybe I can be the interviewer next yeah. time. <laughs> and I just tell my story from there. Um, but um, so yeah, so with David and he kind of like pushed you into the direction and um, so you've been doing this for quite a while, I'd say. I've been doing this for about a year and a half now. Mm. Um, close to two years. So full-time, probably only a year. Mm. And there was like the period at the beginning where I was like in between the physio and this mm. kind of work. Um, and with this work, there's also public speaking that's come from it. Mm. Um, it's really cool. It's yeah, really th- cool. I want to get into a little bit about like uh, public speaking and all that. I find I, I see a lot of your stuff and I see you talking like around the country, you know, and um, you go around like you're working with like the Olympic Committee. Could you tell tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you're doing? So um, there's a few different strands of this public speaking. So the New Zealand Olympic Committee, I am one of their ambassadors. And what we do there is we go into primary schools and intermediates and sometimes high schools. And we talk about the Olympic values, um, excellence, respect and friendship. And we weave that into our own journeys. And what we're trying to do there is inspire the next generation of New Zealanders to to get moving. Um, They might not necessarily become Olympians. There's only like, there's less than 2,000 Olympians, New Zealand Olympians. I'm number 1196. Wow. Yeah. You've got a, you've got we a number. We each have an individual <laughs> number. Um, and so what we're trying to do is inspire young people to to get up and move because movement and sport is so wonderful, isn't it? We learn so much from sport. We learn so, so much from sport. So that's the New Zealand Olympic Committee. And yeah, I get to go around the country doing that. It's pretty cool. Um, And then Lex, the mental skills coach, gets up and and does more mental skilly kind of conversations around like, how do we overcome our limiting decisions? Um, What is our self-talk? How do we change that? And then also Alexis Pritchard, who um, gets up and does the more business leadership through a sport lens and how you can bring the athlete mindset to to business mm. yeah the the interesting one is like when you go out there and talk to all these kids and all that it's I, I don't know how but like you know sometimes it's 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 interesting these kids look at you like you know generally like whoever when an adult comes to mm. talk to them and share stuff with them they look at you you know with they really like, um, you know, admire, you know, this, these people come and talk to them. And I think that that gives um, a lot of strength to, to people. I think 
people should try for those who might not be you know have strengths in that area they should try to do stuff like that because when you learn to talk to groups of people you know i i I thought that um when i was younger i felt uh that was really difficult for me like to talk to i could talk really well with like you know an individual one-on-one yeah yeah but then when it came to like any more than like five six people i was like you know unless i know them personally but like it became a little bit of a struggle and um i think uh it took me a while to talk to groups you're not the only one it took me a while (laughs) so i had this um you know as a kid doing getting up in front of the kids in class and doing like a an english speech or whatever used to make me um very nervous very nervous Mm. and stumbly and stuttery and i i think i was I was doing it so terribly. And so I had this like limiting decision about the fact that I hate public speaking. I hate getting up in front of people to talk. So um, six years ago, my best friend Marcia was getting married and she was like, you're the maid of honor, so you have to do a speech. And I was Ooh. like, oh my goodness. <laughs> that means I got to get up in front of everybody and do a speech. Yeah. Um, and so what I did was like, okay, yeah, I... I don't like doing this necessarily or I'm nervous about it or I feel anxious about it. So I went and enrolled in uh, a course and I got someone to teach me how to do public speaking, how to create a speech. Um, And we'd get up for six weeks in a row and have to get up and, and speak like a three minute speech every week. So that there really- was, was there anybody there? Or? Yeah, there was like a whole class. Mm. So you had to like yeah. get up and you were get, getting critiqued. So um, it's been a journey. This public speaking thing didn't just happen overnight. It's been an absolute journey. So from there, I got up and did the, the wedding speech. So that was cool. And then I was like, well, how do I keep practicing my public speaking? So I got a job as a lecturer at AUT um, and did a couple of years teaching to, to students who were doing their personal training certificate. Yeah, and then mm. I was like, okay, well, how do I go to the next step? And then started doing small group speeches, talks. And talks. Speeches. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm I'm like, hey, like in front of 1,000 people, 2,000 people, I don't care. Um, but it's an absolute journey. Like all these things start out, like you've got to start somewhere, don't you? And then you grow and develop and learn new skills along the way and your confidence grows. So this public speaking thing has taken me eight, six, seven, eight years. Wow. You know, to be comfortable now to actually even use my body and almost act on stage while I tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. It is. eh? You know, like you, I I kind of feel that you have to have like uh, movements and, you know, it's a body language Mm, as well. Yeah. And then also, I think it's understanding that um everyone is a beginner every expert was a beginner at some point um but what they allowed themselves to do was to be vulnerable um to make mistakes along the way and instead of being unkind to themselves in their heads they were approached it from kindness and what did i learn and how can i grow so no matter what you take up that's the journey you want to go on Mm, it's like the, learning it's, it is it is it's like a pro, it is a process it's a you process know? and people have to be comfortable with you're not going to be an expert at the start of the process no and also <laughs> the idea that it doesn't take a minute mm. it takes yeah. <laughs> thousands of minutes definitely you know it definitely. takes years to be good at stuff like what i see in in the gym 
I've been around for 16 years and I've just seen a lot of kids and, and young adults come in and because they don't get good in a year or two years, they, they leave. And I'm like, guys, it takes it takes years to be an expert. So coming from someone who's been doing it for so it long, suck it up. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that that would you say that might be back then compared to now, people are a little bit more impatient these days. I think a lot of people are more impatient, um, and it's kind of sad because there's so many talented people out there. They're just not patient with themselves. They're not kind to themselves. Um, and so they, they stop far sooner than they should because they haven't reached that point yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they walk away from the sport or walk away from the musical instrument or whatever it is um, because they haven't reached that expert level. And it's like, well, expert level takes 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. It definitely does. Yeah. Eh? It's not like, you know, our... Um, our Israel Adesanya's of the world didn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it took him like 15 years, yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. He's been doing it for so long. He's been and, doing it for a long, long time. And that's what, you know, s- sometimes as well, when um, obviously he, when he, for uh, for him, like when he jumped into the UFC, his um, reach just grew exponentially mm. and that was when people saying like you know he hasn't you know he's he's just come in or this that whatnot it's like you need to go do your research and find out how long this guy has been kicking people in the face yeah he's been <laughs> fighting for years like yeah. you know he was a bo- he did boxing he did kickboxing he's done all the combat things mm. and then all of a sudden it's like boom he's he's made it it's yeah. like no well it took him like 15 years to make it yeah, and uh, he's definitely he's definitely got the gift of the gap as well. <laughs> you know, that's one skill that yeah. he definitely has. You know, he's really good at it. Um, well, jumping back into what we were saying about like uh, this, it's a little bit funny, but uh, jumping back to having confidence. You know, being in in front of a lot of people. This one's real funny, but the way one of the ways that I gained it was not the best way. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So um, what happened was like when I was, you know, back when I was a kid, when I was in school, I used to get into a lot of trouble, right? So then you'd, uh, when you'd get into trouble, you'd um, like in the uh, morning, um, like when you do your briefings or whatever before, you know, you go to your classes. So the whole school's there. So how they punish you is they make you stand in front of everybody. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, not only just stand there, but, you know, um, you had public caning as well. And I've experienced that myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not encouraging anybody to do any of this, right? So public caning helped you do public speaking. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but how it um how it helped me was like initially when I the fear of it's it's so weird, and I don't encourage anybody to do this, but okay, this is my side of the story. The fear of standing in front of so many people, so many set of eyes looking at you. That got to me more than the fact that I was going to get cane. You know, I was yeah. like, man, everybody's looking at me. You know, and uh, obviously it was not like only once or twice, but <laughs> might have been a few times. <laughs> but yeah, when, um, you know, I think I was like, uh, I think sec- after the second time, I kind of realized that, look, hey, you know, if it does happen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. So if it does happen, I'm going to be standing in front of everybody. I want to make sure I put a smile on my face. 
Oh man, that's that was horrible. So like, I think they hated me. You know, like I'll be real honest. Like, the teachers, the discipline masters, they hated me. Cause you'd walk up with a smile on your. Cause face. I walk up with a <laughs> smile. I, I, I man, I just had like you know it was it, you know it's, it's this please don't do this you know that's not the wrong way to get in, in front of people but like there are easier ways to get in front of people yeah yeah there are definitely easier ways but like it's so crazy and then I I started realizing I was just you know and you know talking about how when you're doing something you know you want to be in the state and you want to be happy and I kind of like that <laughs> that kind of worked for me. So I was like I was smiling I was looking at people and I wasn't like you know I I was like it's it's happening. You know, shit, it's here. So you got to embrace this, you know. You got to take it in and um, you got to take it like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your, um, like, I, I don't know why they even, they still even do it. I don't know why they still, like, they, it still does happen. But I think yeah. now they, they, they kind of took away the public caning because, mm, mm. like, you know, I don't know. But anyway, like, I don't know why they even still do it. Like, it didn't even hurt. <laughs> Let's be real honest. You know, you get like sometimes it's like, oh, you're gonna get like you know two, three strokes, okay, whatever. They had like a, they had like a list, so you you, you know depend on the severity of what you did. You know, there was like a certain punishment. Yeah. But it's like it didn't even hurt. Like I don't understand why you keep doing something that doesn't work. You know, for some people at that time, I felt that. What would have worked for you though? I think it, what would have been better is you've got someone who actually know what the heck they're talking about to help you through. Because I had problems as a kid. You know, mm. I was. Nobody does stuff that, you know, gets you in trouble and stuff like that. I would It would have been way better to get someone, a professional, to kind of talk and to kids and like, you know, growing, growing, at, you know, mm. I would say growing adults. You know, you yeah. talk to these people, you find out what's, what's, what's the real problem. There must be a problem. I had my issues and this bloody damn caning didn't, 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 didn't help, help me at all. But what it did help me is make me a more confident person oh, and uh, have that courage, you know. <laughs> So it did. It did help me. I mean, I'm not gonna say it didn't. It, it did help yeah. me in in certain ways. But you know, I I believe that there would have been better ways. Oh yeah, I think to get to it, better ways know? than corporal punishment. Definitely, and like um, I mean, even these days now, it 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 start it still does happen. But it was like I think back then it was way worse. Yeah, and probably in Singapore, way worse than what New Zealanders. Yeah, have experienced. Like I grew up in South Africa. Yeah. Um. So you know. How many it, years did you um spend in South Africa? Uh, zero to sixteen. Oh wow! So I moved here when I was sixteen on where, the twenty fourth of January. Where exactly in, in uh, South Africa were you? Cape Town. Oh nice. Yeah. So like I remember when I was in Sabi, I would have been what nine. You'd like if the whole class was naughty or whatever. Um, little things like not lining up properly outside of the classroom quietly enough. The teacher would like, right, everyone knuckles out and you'd like get knuckles. I was just over, about to say over, that. Over the knuckles with the ruler, a wooden Ooh, ruler, like with a yeah. nice edge and you'd have to like hold your hand out and if you moved, she'd give you two yeah. or three. Until they're happy with it. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like, that's, didn't help. It didn't work. Yeah. Like, because two weeks later, we would get the same thing. That's just the old school way of thinking. Yeah, like, you know, totally. if you don't listen to what we do, it's going to be physical yeah. punishment. That's yeah. it. And like, by some way, suddenly someone's going to listen to you because you hit them on the hand. No, like, and it's like, you know, adults, I guess back then, they were like, well, that's how we grew up. But thinking about it now, like if you and I were interacting and I didn't like what you did and I just punched you in the face, <laughs> like we probably wouldn't be friends. So it's like, why do we do that to kids? And then expect kids to 
um, respect us and mm. trust us and all the rest of it. It's just like, well. I think that's just like human nature. You feel that when you're talking to someone and it doesn't work, I've got to put like, you know, I've got to put force. It's got to be yeah. done by force. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fear and force. That's like a really bad way of doing it. Like, but I don't know. Like when I speak to some people, some, they have the, uh, said, you know, they have said that, you know, it kind of helped them to, uh, instill discipline but like you know maybe yeah. it does work for some people maybe it doesn't I mean we're, we're a human race and we all have such different variations and needs and wants and so I guess maybe it does work for some people but it also doesn't work for mm. other people back, so back then um, you know from 0 to 16 obviously growing up in South Africa how was it back then over there? Um, it was so Mandela had come out of jail and in nine. Wow. Before we had the elections. So it was, um, the country was going through some changes. I think the country is For still the- going through changes. So from apartheid, so from mm. racial segregation to a uh, more inclusive society. Um, but they're still going through those changes. They're still having issues. It's going to take a long time to heal. Mm. And I think that's the important thing to, to understand is that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, I had a really good life in South Africa. I mean, I have a great life here as well. Mm-hmm. But my mum and and her friends and her circle m- made me feel like nothing was really wrong. You know, like they kept you. They in kept like us. A... They kept us all like safe and comfortable, and we knew that things weren't perfect. But we were all loved, and I that's definitely sort of helped me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it's, it's interesting, like. Um, uh, hearing you say that because I've had a few friends and you know they've shared some like pretty harsh mm. stories because it was like quite rough back then you know and uh, well glad mm. you know I'm glad that you didn't have to experience the the you know the harder sides of it like the very rough kind of experiences yeah. but I mean I had a couple of a couple of weird things like as a kid like a little little tiny tot I was at a, a rally with my mum this was before before Mandela was released. Um, and I was wearing a big puffer jacket, you know, and I was like five or six or whatever. And like, you know, the security guards were patting me down. And I was like, this is weird. Like, why are they patting <laughs> a six-year-old down? Well, I was like, they were looking for weapons yeah. that my mother had possibly hid in my jumper. Mm. Um, she didn't do that, guys. Yeah. Um, didn't, yeah. <laughs> didn't hide weapons. <laughs> I was just cold. I'm a cold. I am yeah. very cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, another time the police came to our house looking for passports of mm. um his name my mum's colleague comrade i guess mm. and she was holding passports and so and it was good that she was holding passports because if he was picked up off the street or wherever he was picked up from from the police and thrown in jail with his passport someone he could have just disappeared so it's best that someone oh. else has your passport so that they have to come and find your passport because wow. then you know that the police has them. So therefore, my mum could be like, okay. People were informed. People were informed and his parents were informed and, you know. Wow. That, so that he couldn't just disappear. Yeah, there's some crazy times right there. People just disappearing. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So those are the kind of experience that, are, that those are the two things. There's those two things I actually remember quite vividly. Um, but the rest of the time, you know, mm. safe, loved, cared for. Definitely, yeah. you want to have a good uh, environment, family mm. environment. Um, but yeah, talking about that, that's pretty scary. 
just disappearing. Oh my goodness. You know, and self people dying in jail of self strangulation. <laughs> and you're like, come on. <laughs> yes. What, like talking about that, like um, I don't know how much uh, I don't know much, but like the current situation that's happening in Africa, that's pretty wild. Where? Uh, in in Nigeria, um, you know, I just saw, you know, it's it's up online. There were some videos that came up of uh, you know, there was a protest going on, and you could hear shots getting fired, and mm. they pro like. Well, it, it really looks like, to me, like peaceful protests. Because when the army started to come, they just moved away. Yeah. So that tells me that if an army with guns come and you're walking away, you're not looking for a fight, oh. you know? You just, no, no, no. It is, it is a peaceful protest. And there's, you know, just the videos going up. It's pretty wild. It's, you know? it's crazy what uh, law enforcement can do um, to people. Yeah. It's quite sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, like, um, I think... Yeah, even like the, you know, the ones that happened previously in the in the US with what happened, and I guess it kind of shed a lot of light on stuff that has been happening that people haven't been giving attention. Yeah, and I think the other issue is that we we give attention to it for like a, a second, and then because it's not part of our lives and we're not living it, we we easily forget it, which, I guess, is part of human nature. So these atrocities continue. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully with, um, I think with better education and awareness, you know, it might change. I hope so. We have hope. Yeah, you know? we have hope. Well, you got to have hope. If you don't have yeah. hope, then that's it. It's, I think it's about, you know, kindness to each other, more tolerance and patience. Yeah, I think tolerance. It's just like, yeah, I like, I like tolerance. tolerance. It's okay is... that we have different views. It's mm. all okay that we have different views. That, that's what makes us... Um, a society, but I don't think we need to get violent over those yeah, views. You are yeah. right to have your own opinion. Like yeah. we might we might disagree on a few topics, but that doesn't mm. mean we should go out and uh, hit each other and like you know. Yeah, just doesn't make sense. Mm. Um. So anyway, one of the things I want to ask, like, uh, so far, you know, getting into this whole, um, you know, mindset coaching and all that. What has been like uh the you know the highlights or the best parts of it so far? Uh, just the other day, in fact, I got a. I'm doing some workshops at a high school, and uh, one of the young girls. We'd finished our five sessions, and she gave me a thank you card, um, and it said, "Thank you so much for inspiring us, but also sharing your knowledge and letting us know that we're good enough just the way we are, that we can be more than we think we can be." Um, and teaching so and, and teaching us all those skills along the way um, you know 14 15 year old girls so that was really cool um, mm. and even when an athlete sends you a message and says hey this competition for me like I don't really care about the outcome what I want mm. for them to say is Lex I showed up with courage today I was assertive I felt like a badass performing and doing what I do um I love those messages um and every now and again it's like and bonus I got the win you know so it's about what I love is that seeing people's growth along their journeys and for them to realize that they can unlock all of that mm. yeah so wow, that, that's, that's the special awesome. part of it. it it definitely is very mm. rewarding getting those kind of messages you know mm. and um I think like I feel like 
you know, when when you help someone and, you know, they gave you those kind words, like, I feel it even, it motivates you even more. Well, I feel like then you, like, you know that you're on the right track, you're on the right path, um, you're doing good in the world. And for me, that's one of my, my whys. I want to help people realise that they can be more than they think they can be. I want them to realise that they can do the hard things, that they can be courageous and they can, you know, they don't have to hold themselves back. Mm. And whether it's on a, whether I, whether I help 10 people or a hundred people or a thousand people, um, just helping someone be different is pretty empowering. It's pretty powerful. Definitely is. Um, so on that, um, what are your future plans now? So aside from this, do you plan to expand, venture into new things or? Um, at the moment, I am in production of a online course wow. around limiting beliefs and how, you know, what is it? How do I overcome it in some strategies? I think mental skills coaching for me anyway, needs to get wider. So wider, so more audience needs mm. to be able to access it. And sometimes one-on-one -on -one coaching is a little bit expensive and not anyone, not everyone can afford that. Mm. So finding a platform for people to, to be able to afford it um, is something that I am working on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast platform where we're combat athletes everyday people no matter what you do you can you can access it you know oh that's awesome i think like yeah that, like that, little... that, that's one of the the things is providing a i wouldn't uh, like obviously it's a service but mm. providing help to the masses you know mm. and you know obviously something they can afford and um, also like it's easily accessible like yeah so being... like it's like a um almost like a gym a mental a gym? gym, a mental gym, mental gym yeah. membership. Yeah. You know, mental gym membership. And you can pay like a weekly thing or you can just do one course or whatever. Mm. So it's in and the like making. And you can communicate with yeah. other people and the coaches yeah. and stuff like that. Well, yeah. that's really pretty cool. So it, it's still, has it it's, been up yet or it's, it's still in the works? It's still in the works. Yeah, um, it's still in I'm kind of okay. testing it with um, our athletes here in this at rec room. Um I'm dragging I'm a bit slow, but I like I want to I want to I wanna get yeah. it right. Yeah, I think like not perfect, not perfect. Yeah. I just want to get a, yeah. a product out there that isn't doesn't need too many tweaks. At a, I mean, at a, you you definitely like what we were talking about about before we did the podcast is when you, I mean, like I I would say maybe on some ways a little bit similar. Like the way I think is like when you want to put something out there, it has to be of a certain standard at least. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but like you want to. 
Yeah, I think it's it's a it's like <laughs> a, it's a balance between like getting it out there. Yeah, you know you're not gonna have like TV production. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe you are with all this <laughs> stuff right here, guys. You need to see the setup. He's got all the best stuff. It's pretty cool. I was like, when Ali messaged me, I was like, oh yeah, cool, just like a normal camera. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like, oh my god, we've got the lights, we've got the camera, we've got the road mics, the the everything. This dude's set up. Um, so I'm not going to be this set up, yeah. but <laughs> just yeah. having yeah. A, something nice to look at, mm. um, but with, with good content as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's got a, I think that's the main one. It, it has the purpose of the, yeah. has to be in line, you know, and that'd be awesome. I'm, we'll be, I would say I'm looking forward to that, to see mm. that come up and, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, you for me, I like to, I love it when I hear people tell me about like this stuff that they're working on, they're building, they want to do this, they're that. And it just, you know, I feel kind of motivated as well. I was like, you know, it's cool. They're doing this, you know, mm. you should, you should pump, you should pump up the people, you know, give them the support, you know, like, yeah, you know, I, I'm really, really looking forward to see, mm. you know, and with yeah. everybody that I meet, you know, like it's sometimes like, I feel that's what, um, it's quite sad. It's like, uh, when you're with like friends, sometimes I feel like people are a little bit uh, worried about telling this sort of stuff to their friends around them. Cause you know, sometimes when you get too comfortable around people, they're like, ah, you're just talking rubbish. What are you talking about? You know, like those, those kind of comments that will come back. But like, I think people need to kind of push, not push, but like support each other. And like, mm. you know, the set, help your friends and your mates and all that set goals and, mm. Um, not only push them to uh, achieve those goals, but uh, be with them along the way as well. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's I guess there's two different, there's, for me, it's like your, you can either choose to just have mentors who do this for you and help support you, but then you can also like, as, at a, as, as an added boost, it's like your friend circle. If your friend circle is not uplifting and encouraging and supportive, and it's like, well... Maybe it's time Maybe to change the circle. Get a new circle. <laughs> yeah, I you think that's, this is it. it this this that's yeah. so true. Like when you mix with a certain group of people and who are only going in a certain direction, you're gonna most likely go in that direction too. Yeah, you can't. That was a funny one. Like you, you can't be friends with nine liars and be like the only one who's honest. You know yeah. that 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 saying actually it makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean the five people that you spend the most time with. Is Maybe. usually going to be how the traits that you're going to develop. Mm. So, how about just be with five inspiring people, or uplifting people, or courageous people, or supportive people, and then you'll like elevate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so now we've come to the section wise words from the wise lady. So, uh -huh. Lex, David actually started this. He actually started this. You know, it, 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 well, actually, Junior did. Yeah. But then David kind of made it like official. Official. You know, like, okay. So wise words for people watching, listening, what would you say to them? Firstly, um, get out of your own way. And you might need to find someone to help you do that. But I think that we, we stand in our own way more than anything. You know, we put the blocks. So being courageous and getting out of your own way would be number one, and give yourself the damn gold star. Like, you know, give yourself praise. Be proud of your achievements. Yeah. 
no and matter no matter how small they no are. No matter how small. And you know, don't be afraid to shine your light. Like stand up and be proud of what you've done and what you do. Like don't shrink for other people. Stand up and be proud. Awesome. Yeah. That was a very good message. Um, so anyway, Lex, we've been going for like ooh, close to an hour actually. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just want to say thank you for your time today, Lex, uh, for coming and well, for talking to us on the podcast. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna gain a lot from this podcast that we did today. And uh, maybe we need to send another bill to uh, those who are watching for all the free stuff that Lex is giving you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I really appreciate your time and uh, I just want to wish you all the best um, in your career uh, and also the stuff that you're building and I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing those stuff when it's up. Thanks, so, Alex. Make sure I'm really in the loop. Cool. Make sure yeah, I'm in the I'll, loop. I'll, I'll, I'll loop you in. Um, and yeah, it's been great. And I know this has taken a bit of a t- of a while. You know, I've been like sort of ghosting Ali a little bit. Um, <laughs> and pushing him back and pushing it back. But we, we finally got here. It's yeah. been a really cool chat. Definitely, definitely. Thank All you. right. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank guys, you. thank you. See you on the next one. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon.